your appetite's going to be gone, your stress is going to be gone, your emotions are going to be tamed, and you will have burned off some more calories and you can lose more weight that way, see? You see how simple it is? Welcome to the Health Quest Podcast, your guide to God's will for good health. Hello, my name is Dr. Sal, and I've been a practicing surgeon for well over 30 years. And my goal for each episode is that you'll be able to have your mind transformed to God's design for good health and affect the way you eat and the way that you live. If you're new here, we release a new episode every week. And if you enjoy the content, would you please leave us a good review? It really helps our ratings and allows us to reach out to more people so that we can help them as well. Thank you for your support. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about basically uh, an episode that was shot by my team while I was basically talking about uh, certain issues about our society and the way we think about things and how it affects our health as well as our lives. And so this is basically a spontaneous, it wasn't even a planned episode, and I hope that you enjoy it and walk away with something good. After all, it is God's will for us to be better than where we're at right now. So please enjoy this episode. You know what? I want to, I want to, this is something I wrote down about two years ago. It's called Christ Within. Do you know what the phrase I am means? Both of you guys? I am. I is the name of God. Am is you and I. I am is really the Christ within. And so when Christ says, carry the cross with me, I am the way is I am the path. Follow me to Golgotha. And let's crucify our ego, our negative energy, our false self and ideas. Because once you do this, as painful as it may seem, you shall be healed like Moses and the bronze serpent. And that was from Numbers 21, verse 8 and 9. You know, I am the way means I am the path. So if you're going to follow me, we got to crucify our ego, our negative energy, our false self, our you know, false ideas. And this is what I mean by the gods that we worship. We got to crucify those gods. And once you do this, as painful as it is, you shall be healed just as the Israelites were healed when they saw the thing that they feared most at that time, and that was a serpent. You know, it goes back to the neural networks where it's not that you condition yourself. Let's say if you're afraid of spiders and, and you know, somebody tries to slowly but surely bring spiders close to you and, you know, and then over time, before you know it, after months of being exposed, 
you start, you know, you allow, you allow the spider to walk all over your hand and it doesn't phase you. And you think, well, it's because you got conditioned. And it's not that you got conditioned, but you actually became better because your body goes through this physiologic changes. And we talked about this in the earlier podcast about um, the neural networks. And so when you have an addiction, your neural networks are set a certain way and you keep firing them because that's all you think about. Even when we're addicted to our own emotions, you know, if you're complaining about your wife and you like complaining about your wife, it becomes a habit and addiction to complain about your wife, then you develop these neural networks. But when you alter your way of thinking, like the spider, all of a sudden you re recreate these neural networks and then these start to get pruned because they wither away and these now become the new neural networks. You've become better. I mean, see, for me as a scientist, for me as a doctor, for me as a person that understands the body's chemistry and physiology and anatomy, and oh, what a magnificent thing to have studied. Although the nobility of a doctor today is we're just a bunch of factory workers and it's all controlled by government and big corporations and insurance companies. Oh, you can't do this, doctor. You got to do this with your patient. Wait a minute. The doctor has no autonomy anymore. But the beauty of studying the human body, he was doing what? Studying God and how God works. And I'm serious when I said that if, you, if you're going to have, we, we, we tested this guy the other day, and he's starting to develop insulin resistance, and he's 74 years old, and he's a doctor. And he says, well, yeah, I had 12 cookies last night. I'm like thinking, you, how can you eat 12 cookies? And he's got Parkinson's. And he doesn't take care of himself. And you're now becoming pre-diabetic. And you go off and you have 12 cookies. Maybe you would have been better off that before you touch those cookies, first of all, don't buy it. Don't have anybody bring it around the house. So it's not around like in the 1850s. You, you know, in the 1850s, you couldn't just get in your car and say, hey, I'm going to the local 7-Eleven. Or I think Kroger's is open until 10 o'clock. And if they're closed, I'll just stop at one of the McDonald's or something and I'll grab. They didn't have it. Which goes to show you, you really don't need it because those people survived. We create this idea that we need it. We got to have it. Uh, you don't understand. It's emotional. Well, here's where you follow Christ to the cross. And you crucify that negative energy. You crucify those negative emotions, that false self, those egos. And if you got to go run three miles, then go run three miles. Or get on your bike and ride it until you can't breathe anymore. But look what it's doing to your body. You're physically getting in better condition. You know, the intermittent fasting, the way it helps overall health, is it's called autophagy. Autophagy is where your body starts eating itself. But what is it eating? The normal cells are eating the dead cells that have already died because all those leftover products of a dead cell causes inflammation. So that's why that intermittent fasting and even fasting itself, that's why, you know, even Jesus Christ says, you know, you should fast when you pray, but you don't have to tell everybody. 
I mean, fasting is a good thing. Maybe, you know, once a month to do a fast. I got a buddy of mine does it every week. I mean, he impresses me. I do the intermittent fasting. But the point being is, is that, hey, if your body starts eating the dead cells in your body, which reduces inflammation, and that's why I believe that a lot of these people during World War II, like my grandparents, they and my great-grandparents, they all lived into their mid-80s, although my one grandmother lived to be 92, and my great-grandmother lived to be 99, and I have some great aunts that lived to be 90 in their mid to late 90s. The point is, is they went through World War II. There was no type 2 diabetes in Europe during World War II. They, had, they, they didn't have enough food. And sometimes they'd have to go a day or two without eating. Well, there's your, there's your fasting. In the meantime, they had to walk 30 miles to the next town. And hopefully, you know, some of the buildings were up so they could have a place, some shelter to sleep in. Because their towns just got demolished. They had no antibiotics. They had a real pandemic called the Spanish flu. They were killing people more so than World War I. We were fortunate being in the United States that none of it carried over here, but we didn't have planes back then. Woodrow Wilson, our president, contracted it and you know, it took him two weeks to get back to the United States on a ship. But, you know, we, we, we have to take a look at these factors. You know, the, the centuries ago, during the medieval ages, the, the, the poor outlived the rich. The rich had an abundance of food. And the poor had to live off the land. And they had less to eat than the rich. Well, there's your low-calorie diets. That would prove that it extends life, and they, they were healthier than the rich. That's where gout came about because these wealthy people would get gout. The poor couldn't, couldn't eat enough, you know, of the foods required to create gout, especially with uric acid. So getting back to the neural networks, we just don't condition ourselves to get around a spider that we fear. We actually transcend. We become better. Our bodies go through a physiologic change. And that's how the Holy Spirit is working but, you know, and, and there's, there's episodes in the Bible where some people are like, God, I'm not up for this. I can't do this. And God's like slaps you upside the head and says, look, I called you. You're going to do what I'm telling you to do. And that's it. Now, in one respect, you <laughs> really should be with that with everybody because of the fact that sometimes we just turn God away, man. We turn our backs to God. And, and God is saying, man, I, I gave you the will. I know the choice. But Satan, he, he knew how to use that against us, man, because the angels do not have that power. The angels do not have that power. And Satan got upset. He got pissed. You gave them choice and I can't have it? The heck with you. I'm out of here. Actually, I'm taking over. And he goes to Archangel Michael. Remember, Satan was an angel. And in the hierarchy of angels, an angel is higher than an archangel. And then you got the seraphims, the cherubims, um, uh, the, uh, the thrones, the mites, the, the dominions, the powers, and the principalities. All of this was documented by um, uh, St. Paul. And he tells an archangel, get that angel out of here. 
And he had to figure out, okay, I'm going to mess up with his children. I'm going to destroy his children. They got the power of choice? Sure. You could have this or you could have this. Here's the candy. Here's the cake. Here's the cookies. Here's the pop. It tastes real good. Come on. Don't worry about it. Forget what Dr. Sal says. It's just a one-time deal. And then at one time, it's, you know, like I love how people say, hey, I do it once in a while. Well, what's once in a while? Every 15 minutes? Every 15 days? Every 15 years? You know, I was thinking about that the other day. I don't remember the last time I had a McDonald's. I mean, that must have, that's decades ago, man. I can't, you know, it's like, that's once in a while. But, you know, when, you know, people say, oh, I eat like a bird. We used to say when we used to round when I was a resident. Yeah, you eat like a bird 24 hours a day. See, you got to define things. You got to define things. Because when you're not looking good and your body's not doing well, it's because we chose the wrong path. And we choose that wrong path because of our, our fears. And we think that we're making up for it when we're actually destroying ourselves. In the moment, you might feel better. But in the end, it all comes back. And there's a backlash to all of this. You know, you could feel great when you're high or when you're drunk. But you're going to feel the backlash the next day. You know, same thing with eating pizza and junk food. I and mean, You may feel better in the moment. But later on, it's going to catch up with you. So, so I was reading this article by Bishop Robert Barron, who delivered a commencement speech at the 171st commencement at one of the universities here in the state of Michigan. And that was back in May of 2023. And he discussed the objects of worship. And of course, in, in the article he was, or the article was reading, which was based on his commencement speech and he was saying these objects of worship whether it was wealth power um, honor pleasure and you know so often I hear these in sermons I hear people talking about this and I guess what I'm trying to do is bring a message from God and saying, okay, we take a look at these big, the big picture. But the real problem is, is that the real idols, the gods that you worship, these ideologies that you bow to are inside of you, and they are called your inner fears or your demons. Those are your gods. We talked about that back, you know, when I first started my podcast, and we started saying how a lot of these issues about overeating is really as a result of some underlying fear that we developed as a child growing up. Now, remember, I quoted Jesus when he said, you know, he amongst you who causes one of these innocent children who believes in me to sin He'd be better off to tie a rock around 
his neck and be cast into the sea. I mean, this is why I always say Jesus, he's a pretty serious guy because it's our education to our children, which comes from our parenting, from our schools, from the churches, from the kids that they hang around with. We say certain things to the children and children, you know, you might think it, it, it's not a big deal to you because you're a grown adult, but you might say something harmful to the child and it may mess them up a little bit and it carries on. Like I said, three seconds can change the way that child thinks and grows up. Now they harbor that um, and they start to, they dwell on that concept which now becomes their God because all of a sudden they're thinking about it all the time. And if you call your child stupid, they grow up thinking they're stupid and then they were never worthy of learning anything. You know, if your child is overweight, then maybe you should look at what you're eating because they're basically eating what you're feeding them. And this is becoming, this is becoming a problem in our society because it's starting to perpetuate itself. You know, we're coming to a, a second, maybe even a third generation of where people just believe that your normal eating habits throughout the day is to stop at a fast food restaurant and pick something up real quick, either a Subway sandwich or, or a pizza or a burger and fries. And we just think, oh, okay, get up in the morning, you know, shave, brush my teeth, get my clothes on, go stop at the nearby Starbucks and get my coffee. And of course, it's got all the you know, the dressings in it with more sugar in it that you can imagine. And so we start bringing this stuff up. But, you know, the, the so-called objects of false worship, you know, we always say, oh, power, you know, money. Power doesn't corrupt. It's corrupted people that go after powerful positions. Because if you take a look at society, the normal person that just wants to go to work, make a paycheck, spend time with their family, build their house, take care of their household, you know, uh, their, their gardens, their, their lawns, get to know the neighbors, be friends with them. These are people, they're, they're not interested in running for office where they got to spend all this time. And, you know, in the old days, you didn't get paid for that. And somehow all these politicians are walking away with millions. You start to see that, you know, it's not the power that corrupts. It's people who are already corrupted. People who have these inner demons and fears that they worship all the time. That eventually leads to this corruption with people in these powerful positions. And, you know, when we talk about that, you know, we make the comparison to the founding forefathers of this country. Which they felt that less government was best, live by your moral compass. Well, let, let, let's take a phrase in the Bible, you know, Jesus gets baptized by John the Baptist and then he goes out into the desert for, to, uh, to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. In that time period, you know, he's weakened and so that's when Satan comes to attack. When you're tired, when you're fatigued, at the end of the day, uh, that's when you can make mistakes easy. That's when you can make the wrong decisions. And here's Satan trying to challenge Jesus. He starts to tempt them. And he says, hey, I show you all the nations of the world, all the nations of the, of the earth. Bow to me and you could rule them all. And of course, Jesus, he knows not to mess with the devil, right? It's a one-liner and get out of there. Quick punch and get out of there. 
guerrilla warfare, hit and run. Don't get in, engaged in a long 30-minute fight like you see in the movies, like a Bruce Lee movie. You know, you're fighting 50 guys and you're fighting for 30 minutes. That doesn't, that doesn't happen. And Jesus Christ said, you only worship God and that's it. That's the bottom line. But think about it, okay? If you want to you wanna rule a city, you want to be a mayor, you want to rule a county and be a county commissioner, you want to rule a state and be the governor, you want to be a politician, you've got to bow to Satan. And think about what our founding, founding forefathers told us. Live by your moral compass. You don't need an outside source to tell you how to live your life. You know, the number one, uh, the only book that most Americans had in the early years of this country was a Bible. You know, up until the 1850s, 1900s, the only book people had was a Bible. And it was a totally different America. You can go to the um, Greenfield Village if any of you are from out of state and you want to visit Detroit. Go to the Greenfield Village or the Ford Museum and you'll see what life was like before the Industrial Revolution and how Americans cared for each other. They were more neighborly because they were more involved with what the Bible was teaching, what God's will was for the United States or for, for people in general. And it's the same thing with your health. I mean, we talked about uh, um, Dr. Kumaral in one of the previous podcasts that he went to the FDA to tell them, you know, you got, you got to ban trans fats from the diet. That's what's causing this heart disease. Now, many Americans don't know much about this. They don't study health. They don't study nutrition like I have. And this is the purpose of my podcast is to make you aware, bring you to a level of consciousness. You know, when Jesus says, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Well, I'm trying to get you to know what you're doing. But the next step is once you know, because I've heard, I've even heard my patients kind of backlash at me. So, oh, I know what I got to do. And they turn around and say, well, then why aren't you doing it? Why aren't you doing God's will? Well, you know, I, I, you got to understand I'm an emotional eater. Okay, what does that mean? We get emotional. Why are we emotional? Again, it goes back to our fears. Somebody said something to us. That's why Jesus Christ said, he who takes to the plow and keeps looking back is not fit for the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is in the present moment. It's right now. What am I doing? I have a choice. But if I keep looking back at my sins or my fears or the gods that I'm worshiping, well, you know, I got I to gotta have some cake because that makes me feel better. It's not good for your health. It's not what God wants. We say, how do you know that God doesn't want that? Because God knows that that's going to make you sick, and God wants you to be healthy. But in order to be healthy, God says, hey, these are the foods you can eat. This is the foods you shouldn't eat. Kind of like what happened to Adam and Eve in the garden, Right? You can eat this stuff, just don't eat this. And what do we do? We go off and eat. We, so we're making the same mistake as Adam and Eve. And we're destroying the world because we're destroying our body. And as I said, your body is basically a universe, man. A hundred, hundred trillion, I'm sorry. Not a hundred thousand. hundred trillion cells with a hundred thousand reactions taking place in each cell per second God's will was to say hey I'm over here 
Yeah, but God's it's not that easy. It's easy when you work with me. It's easy if you know that I'm right there with you. It's easy when you know I'm inside your heart. I'm in your thoughts. We talk about the suffering of Christ. But every time we do something detrimental to our health or say bad things to our children or put them in a situation where they're eating garbage food all the time, that's sin, man. That's satanic practices because that's what Satan wants. He wants you to be unhealthy. He wants you to be in a negative state of mind. He wants you to get depressed. Guess what? Man, depression leads to obesity. Obesity exacerbates depression. Then you can't sleep at night. Now you got anxiety. And then we blame God. He didn't do anything. All God said is, hey, eat this and stay away from that. And so it's these fears of ours that become the gods that we worship. And so to make us feel better, we've got to do things that somehow destroys, whether it's destroying somebody else or destroying ourselves. Because in the moment, there's a pleasure that's associated with that. But we're not addressing the issues. The issues are these thoughts that we have. And sometimes, because I got to tell you what happened to me yesterday. This young lady came over. She wanted me to review some x-ray results. And she had cancer 12 years ago. And then the doctors are saying, oh, this could be a recurrence. This could be something new. We need to do this. We need, and she got all nervous. And she's a very spiritual individual. And she says, oh, no, no, I, I know myself. I know, I know, and I know God's, you know, on my side and, and God's with me. And, you know, she's got the cross on her neck and she's kissing the cross. And, and I says, you know, I don't think you really know yourself. I don't think you realize the power that God instilled in you. And then we started going over her diet. I said, you got, you know, got to cut out any sugars, first of all, because she was putting on weight. And, of course, she's going through some difficult times right now. And so she's eating, and she's, well, it's, it's emotional. It's emotional. So she goes all day without eating, and then she eats at night. But she's not eating healthy at night. And so she goes up to me. She says, well, you got to understand I was abused as a child because of something about her weight. And right there, I said, so you still haven't dealt with that. And she says, oh, no, I'm conscious of it. I said, no, it is so deep into your subconscious that you can't, when you're eating emotionally, that you forgot about it because it's too deep. That's where you need Christ to come in and go deep and pull all that out. And you've got to face it. You've got to face it like the Israelites had to face the bronze serpent after they got bit by the snakes, those snakes were poisonous and they will kill you. And they're going up to Moses and they said, hey, can you talk to God and see what he wants us to do, man? We got to do something. This is not good. And God tells Moses, okay, take this bronze serpent and hang him on a tree. And then when they get bit by the snake, they got to go look at the snake. They've got to go and look at the fear in order to cure themselves. You have to face your sins. And what I mean by your sins, I'm not saying something that you did, you know, that you stole some 37-cent chain link from Kmart's 30 years ago. Now, maybe there could be something related to that that's got you thinking you have to do something because after that, maybe your father 
you know, gave you a beating and now you're angry with the world and you're taking it out on the world. You got to learn to forgive your father. You need to go back in time and say, I forgive because looking at that serpent after you just got bit by a snake, you're looking at the thing that you are afraid of, especially of dying from. Jesus Christ had to face the cross. Do you see the symbolism here? Do you see the message that's being sent to us that we have to go deep into ourselves and change this and change us through forgiveness? And I mean real forgiveness, where you got to let it go. Now, if you say, okay, but I still get these emotional feelings, then go do push-ups until you can't do them anymore. Go outside and run like Forrest Gump. Run, Forrest, run. You can't run anymore. And I guarantee you something magical is going to happen. Your appetite's going to be gone. Your stress is going to be gone. Your emotions are going to be tamed. And you will have burned off some more calories and you can lose more weight that way. See? You see how simple it is? We have to substitute. We have to replace fear with faith. Faith and fear cannot mix with each other. That's like, you know, oil and water. It doesn't happen. And I've argued with people, even Christians. Oh, no, no, no. You know, Jesus had fear. Jesus had fear in the, in, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Don't get me wrong. But he didn't let it get to him. There comes a time when you say enough is enough. I've got to move forward. I've got to do God's will. No matter how much it pains me, no matter how difficult it's going to be, I've got to go to Golgotha. I've got to go to the hill of the skull. But, you know, we talk about carrying the cross. i got something even better for you. If you ever saw the movie The Passion of the Christ, remember when they beat Jesus and then, you know, the, the, one of the centurions came in and had to stop it? I said, I told you guys to beat the man, not beat him to death. The Romans would beat you to death. They would keep beating you and beating you and beating you until you couldn't breathe anymore. Now think about that thought process when you're on your way, getting ready to be harnessed down to that, that big rock where you can't move and using different types of whips, even the whips that they had, the, the teeth and the, the metal on it to tear your flesh off your body. I mean, that, that's suffering. But you got to face that. you got to face this anger and hatred that you have those times that you went through those difficult times and you say, hey, I got to let it go. I forgive you. Like Christ forgave his murderers. And I move on. But when you move on, what are you moving into? Healthier eating habits. Hey, it's a change. Oh, there's the big one right there. There's people out there that are more afraid of change than they are of death. They're dying from alcoholism, and they can't give up the alcohol. They're dying from cigarette smoking because they have bad COPD. They can't give up the cigarettes. They just can't stop. And it all stems from these inner fears. You know, maybe you thought you were called stupid, and you're not cool, so you got picked up cigarettes and hung out with people that you thought were cool, and now you've got this lifelong addiction with cigarettes, and all of a sudden, you, you know, you got cancer. So you start to see how this evolves. And in, in, in my case, as a physician, I'm worried about your health. And more so than that, take a look at the health situation in America. It's horrible. It's horrible. 
We got everything we we can have, more so than want. We don't. Uh, we got more than we need, but we've destroyed our bodies. You know, overabundance leads to arrogance. Arrogance leads to self indulgence. Self indulgence leads to self destruction. So these fears inside us, those are the real gods that we serve. As opposed to saying, God, I got to do your will. I got to do your will no matter how much it pains me. You know, that is the way. That is the way. It's not just following God in good times. It's having God there all the time. Because those temptations will always come to you. And those fears will then resurface even though you are unconscious of it. And then it'll be displayed in your actions by eating the wrong foods. You know, you want to you criticize the heroin addict or the drug addict. You know, when you, addiction to food is the same physiologic, biochemical response as it is to an addiction to street drugs. <laughs> and even pharmaceutical drugs, too, as well. There's a lot of people out there that are on Adderall, Ritalin, um, they're, they're on sleeping medications, anxiolytics, and no, 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 doctor, not, no, Dr. Sal, you don't understand. You don't understand. I have to have this drug. That's an addiction. That's an addiction. I said before on one of my podcasts, we're 5% of the world's population taking 85% of the world's pharmaceutical drugs. And we think that, oh, because I got a piece of paper and it's a diploma and I'm wearing a, a suit with a tie you know, it makes it legal, and we think that that makes it right. Mm -mm. That's the deception. That's the deception. The real key is change your ways. Changing your ways isn't going to be easy, and I know that. It's not easy for everyone. It does become easy once it becomes your newly developed habit. Now, Take a look at the people that get their bypass surgeries, right? What happens with bypass surgery? They lose 100 pounds. Two years later, they put the 100 pounds back on. Why? Because they still didn't get rid of their underlying fears. They couldn't get rid of their gods. They set up altars for these fears as opposed to just saying, forget about it, forgive, move on. God's got better plans for me. And taking care of your health is part of the plan, and that's what gives you longevity and quality of life. I mean, I'm 60 years old. I see people 55 with walkers. They're getting total knee replacements. They're 80 pounds overweight. They're, their blood pressure is elevated. They're on five, six different medications. That's not what God wanted. And then you're going to use the excuse, it's your genetics and it's your hormones. We already talked about that in previous podcasts. So you've got to get your mental thoughts you got to get your will in alignment with God's will. Now, the only thing we take to heaven with us is our will. This is something I read, and I kind of found it fascinating. God gave us the will, which just gives, gives us the power of choice. Once you align your will with God and you're doing God's will, no matter how painful it is, no matter how embarrassing it is, you know, like St. Thomas said, you know, the, the, the author of Summa Theologica, if we want to live a happy life, we should love what Jesus loved on the cross. He didn't have very much on the cross. He was poor. He couldn't move. 
It wasn't pleasurable, but yet we're supposed to love that. Because what ends up happening is this, when you don't have anything, believe it or not, that's when you have everything. Because when it's just you and God, it is all yours. You don't need the cinnamon bun or the, what do they call the cinnabun. You don't have to have, you know, uh, all this ice cream, you know, when you're feeling down, oh, I got to go out and I have to have, you know, I'm hungry. It's 10 o'clock at night and you go to Subway or you go to Taco Bell's. It's amazing about, you know, even, I remember before COVID how you would drive at night and it's 10, 11 o'clock and, you know, white castles, there's cars lined up, you know, for carry out, uh, uh, Taco Bell. I'm thinking who's eating that stuff at 10, 11 o'clock at night? That's not the way. It's not the way. But the key is, is get your mind, get your heart, learn to forgive those demons inside. Actually, you don't want to forgive the demons. You want to actually cast them out. But you got to forgive yourself for thinking about this stuff. This is where you have to, this is where reconciliation comes in. you got to forgive yourself to say, look, this isn't me and I've been hurting myself this way. I don't need to do this. God's got a better plan. It's not an easy plan, man. You know, the so-called road less traveled, it's not paved. It's not easy. It's not easy to go to the gym when you're tired at the end of the day. You know, I don't feel like working out. Just go because those first couple of sets, you'll get that blood working and stimulating. So saying, thank God I went. I feel better now. Right? Stay away from all that junk food. And when people tell you, oh, that's okay. Come on, it's only a slice of pizza. Oh, don't worry about it. Come on, it's just a couple of potato chips. Man, hold steadfast and say no. There was a lady um, at the dental office. I went to go get my teeth cleaned. And she's she was big and she had all these problems. She got this bad infection postoperatively. She put on all this weight. And so six months ago, I saw her, and I started trying to cheer. Oh, I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to. So, you know, she saw me a couple weeks ago, and she says, oh, I got on the diet, and I started feeling good. You know, and then she said, but then I had to do something for me. I said, oh, and what was that? I had to have a slice of pizza. Oh, but then you got back on a diet. Well, everything kind of fell apart after that. I said, you had to do something for you, and you put a slice of pizza in your body. I said, I wouldn't do that. She said, you wouldn't do that? I said, no. I mean, look at my body. It's a Ferrari, man. I don't put junky oil in my Ferrari. I put high-quality, high-octane gas. I don't put that junk gas in my, my Ferrari. You're saying, boy, you sound kind of arrogant. No, I'm not arrogant. God doesn't make junk. This is a Ferrari, and I treat it like a Ferrari. It's the so-called temple, remember? The temple. And my body will run like a Ferrari if I treat it like a Ferrari. We talked about this in the podcast. You know, it's like a hybrid engine. If you go from eating sugars and, and using carbs for energy over time, you could switch your body's metabolism to start using fat and you'll start feeling better. Our bodies are capable of doing that? God made it that way, man. But you're the one that's got to direct the, the, you know, the ship. You're the one that's in control of the udder. You know, and if you move into God's will, God will, the miracles just happen. They just happen because God set the universe up that way for you. But if you follow the way of Satan, then you're just, all you're doing is just going spiraling down. Your health, your mental thoughts, 
your relationships, and that's all because you're worshiping those hidden fears. Now, at that point, when you get to these people of powerful position, you think that they're powerful, you think that they're strong, God already knows that these are, these are children that are scared inside. They are wounded children, and they're trying to get into these powerful positions so they feel that they have something over humanity. And they're going to tell you how to live your life. And you're starting to see this changing, not only in America, but it's happening all over the world. So with that, remember, don't expect the government. Don't expect an organization. You have to apply yourself. You have to move in that direction towards God's will, and that requires discipline. Don't get distracted because that's Satan just pulling you away. Excessive amount of television and, and these shows, excessive amount of being on uh, uh, your phone and social media, just focus on what you have to get done, and you'll see the miracles happen. That's how God works. He's there, but you got to activate him. Sorry, guys, I keep going on these doggone tangents, you know. I, I, get, I get angry. I'm sorry, but I get angry because I can't help but love humanity. I mean, God created us, man. We're God's greatest creation. I mean, I can get upset with somebody, but, man, if you got shot or you were having a heart attack, I'll push everybody out of the way and say I got to take care of this person, you know. But while we're cognizant, while we're conscious, that's when I need to smack you and say, hey, get away from that and let's get, let's start eating a little healthy. So with that, I'm going to go and have my protein drink. <laughs> it's better than having a Milky Way bar or a bag of chips. Doggone it. See, meal prep, baby. Meal prep. Anyways, so with that, I'm Dr. Sal. Thank you for joining us on our show today. If you liked what we presented to you, please leave us a good review and join us for our next show. And until then, have a wonderful day and God bless. Thank you.